Well, I'm so good. That's a weird coincidence, don't you? But it's not a coincidence. Angels! Angels, (laughs) baby! (laughs) I am recording. Welcome back, everyone! We missed you, even though it still has only been a week for you guys, for you listening. I mean, it's kind of been a week for you and me, too. So. It has. We haven't recorded in a while. Uh, yeah. No, we have not. (laughs) Which is totally okay. We're still on it. (laughs) Yes. I unfortunately contracted the covid and it really kicked me to the curb this this covid thing Mm -hmm. so rachel took the week to recuperate and get better yes and that is also why i took a little more time editing the last podcast because i simply could not get myself up and out of bed and that's okay and that's okay. But anyway, anyway, back into the swing of things. Swinging. Off we go. Here we go. <laughs> All right. So to start off this week for our wines, Caroline and I are actually going to be drinking two different wines this week because, because we couldn't find the same ones and I have not gone grocery shopping in like two weeks so and I have been unable to leave my house for a week and a half so you get two different wine reviews today exactly but we have a little bit of similarity between the two so we're both doing a red today yes but the red that I have is a Merlot Malbec Uh uh-huh so I'm assuming I'm I'm guessing it used both Merlot and Malbec grapes, mm-hmm. which this is the first time that I've ever tried a, a mix like this that's like two specific ones rather than like a red blend. But this is from Penelonco. Penelonco? Chief of Lions. Merlot Malbec Colchagua Valley Chile 2020 Reserve. I think you butchered that a little bit. You think? I let me would agree this. on that. Penelonco. Colchagua? I don't know. Colchagua. <laughs> so that's the that's the wine that I'm drinking today. I got it from Trader Joe's. Alright. It was like five I, bucks. It was pretty cheap. There you go. I simply do not have a Trader Joe's anywhere even close to me. I think the closest one is like three hours away. Is it really? I think so. Oh my god, mine's three minutes away. Southwest Virginia life. City life. (laughs) Anyway, but I have a Merlot, just a Merlot, that I will be drinking this week. It is the brand Storyteller, which is from Sonoma County, California. Okay, cool. So we have a Chilean Merlot Malbec and a Californian Merlot. So fancy. Yes. So, with that, I will pour myself a glass, and we have to do our weekly cheers. Yep. And so this week, it's a fun one. Oh, is it? (laughs) It's a fun one. Do I know what it is? You know what it is. Oh my god, I know what it is! (laughs) Oh, this is a fun one. Oh, this is a fun (laughs) one. So this episode is coming out on February 2nd, which is... 2-2-22. Yes, which also plays into what this episode will be about. But February 2nd, as we all know, is Groundhog's Day. So this week's cheers is a cheers to Punxsutawney Phil. Punxsutawney Phil. Our favorite Pennsylvanian groundhog. But we have another favorite groundhog, too. Oh, yes. In researching Punxsutawney Phil, um, we discovered that there is an off-brand... An off-brand Punxsutawney Phil. (laughs) An off-brand 
Punxsutawney Phil called Staten Island Chuck. And he he died. But uh, <laughs> he's no longer <laughs> with us. However, I miss you, Staten Island Chuck. <laughs> we didn't even know about Staten Island Chuck until about five days ago. When we discovered Staten Island Chuck, I think we both just could not stop laughing for a good like five minutes just for the, no good reason just for the fact that his name is staten island staten chuck. island chuck staten island chuck <laughs> <laughs> so punxatawney phil staten island chuck cheers to you cheers to both of you <laughs> cheers to let's you let's see if do you think that we're gonna have six more weeks of winter um i don't know I think no one knows. I have absolutely no clue, and I would agree that nobody has any clue. So, cheers to Punks and Tony Phil. Blah, 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 yes. blah. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, cheers. Cheers. Oh, that wasn't a good one either. So, now that it is officially Black History Month, we can start our person of the week. Yeah. So we decided that we're just going to do one person each to keep it short and sweet. And they would be someone that either did something really cool, we found interesting, maybe someone we haven't heard of before. And so each week in February, we're going to highlight a different Black person for Black History Month. Yeah. Do you want to start with yours? Sure, I'd love to. So my person that I found, her name is Anne Atwater, and she was born on July 1st in 1935. She was a civil rights activist from Durham, North Carolina, and she was born and raised in North Carolina. Um, She worked on farms to help her family earn some money, and then she got married moved out of the countryside into the city of Durham to like try and find a better job opportunity for her and her family. A little while after they moved, her and her husband divorced and she became a single mother for two daughters. So then she was approached by someone named Howard Fuller to join something called Operation Breakthrough, which was a program to help people escape poverty. And she spent a lot of her life working in that and helping Operation Breakthrough until she became involved in the Charette in 1971, which helped the desegregation of the schools. And so she was just a really great leader in that community. And one of the thing, one of the things that this says about her that I want to read word for word, and this is her Wikipedia page is that she was not afraid to voice her opinions loudly and proudly. She was also not afraid to tell anyone to go to hell if she felt like it. She concluded that the most effective method of getting people to listen to her was to holler at them. When she called a meeting, she meant business. I like her. Yes, I do too. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That's really cool. Go in at water. Go Anne Atwater. She just seemed like a really cool person. and I like that. I think I would have been friends with her. How'd you find her? I went on to my favorite historical women's podcast, Whining About Herstory. Right. And yes, one of my favorite podcasts. So it's two girls. It's basically like best friends like us. And each week they pick one person each from history, a woman from history, and they just spend like 20, 30, 40 minutes talking about their person. And I think it's just really cool. Like, it's a cool way to find out more about women from history that you don't already know about. That's really cool. Yeah. So if you want to find more out about Anne Atwater, go check out Whining About History. All right. Well, my person is a lot more well-known, but I thought that I just really wanted to highlight this person. So Maya Angelou is the first person that I chose to represent in our little Black History Month. 
So Maya Angelou was an American poet born in 1928, and she died in 2014. So pretty long life. One of her most well-known poems was titled, I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings. On top of being a poet, she was also a civil rights activist who wrote books on racism, identity, family, and travel. But the reason I really wanted to highlight Maya Angelou is because she is actually the first Black woman that will be appearing on the quarter, or is already appearing on the quarter, as of, I believe it's January of 2022. So this happened super recently. Yeah, I'm looking up the, like, how they came about releasing the quarters. Okay, five women will be honored on U.S. quarters in 2022, beginning with writer Maya Angelou, who will appear on a coin to be issued in February. Okay. After Angelou, the other four women are Sally Ride, Cherokee Nation Chief Wilma Mankiller, suffrage movement leader Nina Otero Warren, and actor Anna Mae Wong. Cool. I forgot to say Sally Ride was an astronaut. She was the first woman astronaut. First female astronaut. Yeah, so they are starting to recognize some more women in history, which is really freaking awesome. Yeah. So that's my little tidbit. So shout out to Anne Atwater and Maya Angelou. You go, girls. (laughs) You go, girls. (laughs) And the other four women on the quarters. Cheers to them. Cheers to them. All right. All righty. Back to the February 2nd, 2022 episode. The meat of this podcast. If you will. The hokey pokey voodoo magic. (laughs) Yes. We thought that... We figured since it's two, there's two, too many twenty-two. Twos in the mix. There's too many twos. <laughs> but since it's two, two, twenty-two, we decided to do. We decided that was a little witchy and mysterious and Skeptical. superstitious, and we thought we'd do an episode surrounding it. So we and both have hokey pokey voodoo magic, and all it's hokey pokey voodoo magic. All right, so essentially. Since we have 2222 going on, we thought that that was a sign that we had to do something, at least regarding angel numbers, because that is part of the angel numbers, the repeating pattern. But we didn't just want to do a whole episode on angel numbers, because that's really, I'm the only one who kind of knows a little bit about it, but Rachel knows a lot more about astrological charts so yes. we figured that we would do a whole podcast for this 2222 on angel numbers and astrological charts and signs and whatnot. Astrology. Astrology, sure. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's the easy that way of one. saying that. Yeah. But we, yeah. We already established. I don't do the easy way. <laughs> that's okay. So yeah, Caroline... Would you like to start with your section about angel numbers? Yeah. So I have quite a lot because I figured I would give you the brief overview of them. And then we would go into what each of the numbers represents. And then I would also tell everyone what our angel numbers are and what that may mean. Yeah. Cool. Cool. I'm ready. So angel numbers are reoccurring sequences of numbers that have spiritual significance according to numerology. It's said that angels speak to us in synchronistic ways. So the reoccurring sequences are seen so often that it becomes less and less of a coincidence, meaning that the reoccurring sequences are happening so often that it's obviously, quote unquote, obviously a sign from the angels. Yes. So it's not just coincidence that these numbers are appearing together so often. Yeah. Yeah. It's saying that's a sign that the angels are trying to tell you something. Yes. So each number is connected to a certain vibrational energy or frequency. Ooh. 
Oh, vibrational energy. (laughs) Vibrational energy. So alone, each number one through zero has its own significance. And then when you have the reoccurring pattern, that also, it's very, it coincides a lot with what each of the numbers means, but that also has its own kind of significance. So we'll start with the number one. It's said that you will see number one when it is the right time in your life to begin a new journey or shift careers. It tells you to trust yourself, believe in your ability to succeed, and stay positive. When you see recurring sequences of the number one, it corresponds with the strength of the message you're receiving from the angels. It tells you that your intuition is at maximum capacity and you are doing well. So when people see 1111 on the clock a lot, like I do, it's essentially telling you, trust yourself, believe in yourself, and be optimistic. Okay. I've been seeing 1111 a lot recently. Really? Yeah. So trust yourself and be optimistic, Caroline. I think I've seen it four (laughs) times in the past few days. Oh my gosh. Yeah. All right. Kind of weird. Next number two, to, number two, which obviously is the most significant for today. It's today. It's this whole year. Kind it's of. It's a big number. Almost. It's a big number. 2022 really. is that's, I think that's enough twos. Okay. We'll give it to it. Yeah. You will see the number two when it's time to reflect on yourself or when you're feeling like others are pressuring you. Pause, consider what you want in life and set goals. The reoccurring twos is an indication that it is time to make your dreams concrete and to not give up on something you want. So maybe that should be our sign of this year to reflect on ourselves and do what really do what we really want to do. Yeah. All right. I like that. Yeah. I love that. I mean, that's kind of. Your uh, your word for the year was intention. Yeah. So be intentional that kind of is, and do what I want to do. So that kind of is exactly what the twos represent. Yeah. Wow. Oh. How? Wow. I'm so good. That's a weird coincidence, don't you? Think? But it's not a coincidence. Angels. Angels, <laughs> baby. <laughs> All right. We have a lot more to get through. Yes. Let's go. Number three means you're holding something back that you need to release. It could be needing to tell the truth or hesitating on a project you need to take on. The number three tells you to embrace whatever it is that you're struggling with. The reoccurring threes is a warning that you need to open up to a particular person in your life. So this one essentially says that you're holding something back and you need to just let it go. Let it out. Yeah. All right. As Elsa would say. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. On to number four. This number is a reminder to value and care for the things in your life that make you who you are. It reminds you to take the time to care for yourself and make sure you are keeping up with the relationships that matter to you. The repeating fours are an indication that you're being tested by the universe and must use your strength and persist roadblocks. All right. I don't really have any comment on that one. No, I don't either. All right. Cool. The number five is all about change. Many people see this number when they're stuck in a rut, almost like writer's block. The five shows you that there is a chance for positive change in the future. The repeating five indicates you need to change your circumstances in order to move past something negative. So you'll see five when there's something something going on. That you need to get through, but you may just be in like a tough spot. Yeah. Kind of like your, it's kind of like your motivation to like keep going, I guess, to say, don't worry, this won't last. Yeah. I guess. Like keep moving forward. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. You know what's funny about that? Hmm. So my aunt does this thing with her best friend who passed away where 
whenever she's like in a situation where she needs some guidance, she asks her friend to send her a nickel. And so whenever she's in a tough situation or like needs a question answered, she'll randomly find nickels. And the nickel is five cents. So That's so weird. <laughs> that's creepy. <laughs> and she does find them. Really? Yeah. There's this one story. It's my favorite story of them where she was deciding whether she should be continuing to keep up a relationship with one person. And so she walked into the gym and on the treadmill or whatever she was going on to, there was a nickel. And she was like, ah, this is, this was just there, you know, you never know. And she goes, all right, send me another one if that's really what I should be doing. So when she's done with the gym, she walks back to her car and she opens her car door and on the ground is a nickel. That's so weird. <laughs> Isn't it? I it's love wild. that. It's wild. I That's do too. Crazy. It's wild to me. If you die or if, if you die, you got to do some shit like that for me. I know. I think we need to come up with a code word. Okay. Or like we have to come up with something. Yeah. It's got to be ridiculous now. Yeah. We'll do that later. We'll do that later. <laughs> for, okay. for when For when one of us dies. Which hopefully is not going to be anytime soon. <laughs> I hope not. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Number six. This number may indicate that you are not managing your balance properly, whether that's work-life balance or within your relationship. This number tells you you need to adjust the investment you're placing in different things. When you see the repeating six, you'll see these when you are in need of a self-esteem boost. Okay. I feel like I should be seeing sixes more often. <laughs> anyway. Number seven is a sign that you need to take time for quiet, rest, and peace. This is an indicator to take time away and realign with your life purpose. The repeating seven challenges you to re-examine what you really want. All right. The number eight is linked with challenges and difficulties. This number is like a reassurance that you can get through this difficult time and try to see the silver lining. The repeating eights tells you to stop and consider how much responsibility you're dealing with right now. You may be stretched too thin or taking on too many activities. All right. I should also probably see some eights. <laughs> some sixes I'm and just, some eights for Caroline. <laughs> I'm just reading these and I'm like, ooh. Where that. are they in my life? I need that. <laughs> I, need I mean, that. maybe the angels think that I'm just doing so well that I don't need it, though. <laughs> yeah. Anywho, the number nine is a sign of compassion. Maybe you're judging yourself or a friend too harshly. This number tells you that you need to be kinder to whatever that is and give more compassion. The repeating nine is a sequence related to an ending, maybe a loss or moving into a new phase of life. It reminds you to let go of the past. All right. And lastly, the number zero is a representation of infinity. This is seen when you're living authentically or a deeply spiritual moment. This is a sign to stay on the path you are on and to keep doing what you're doing. The repeating zeros is likely to appear when something has come full circle and that your intuitions are leading you well. So awesome. Yes. So then, so these are angel numbers you can see whenever for those like purposes, essentially, but you can also have angel numbers that are more significant just to yourself based on your birthday. And we took quizzes about this as well to see like what, I guess, when we answer questions, what number. I guess that would be what number we need in that moment, maybe. Yeah. The quiz wasn't that helpful. In that case, both Rachel and I got repeating sevens, which if we go back to what number seven means, it means that it's a sign that you need to re-examine what you really want and take time for quiet, rest, and peace. Examine what you really want is like also telling you to be intentional. Mm-hmm. 
literally it all comes full circle it should we be seeing zeros full circle (laughs) full circle (laughs) then if you plug your birthday in you'll also get a set of angel numbers which i guess are just more connected with your birthday like real align with them yeah so according to birthdays mine which my birthday is june 22nd my angel number sequence is a repeating one my birthday coincides with the master number 11 this is one of the most spiritual of all the angel number sequences and one which is also very prevalent in daily life representing itself on the clock faces as 111 and 1111 this sequence often relates to someone who is in- inventive, original, and progressive in thought and wants to make the world a better place to live in. I would agree with that. I like that. My mom is, her angel numbers are also the repeating one. And yeah. so whenever she sees 1111 on the clock, she'll text me. Oh, she has like yeah. an 1111 bracelet and all this stuff. It's really cute. Oh, wow. All right. For you, Rachel. According to your birthday, July 10th, your angel number sequence is the repeating nines. The number nine relates to life cycles and suggests that all things come to an end. When seen in its double form, 99, it's supposed to mean doubly long in time or even eternal. The number is likely to appear in your life at times of completion, such as the end of a project or at your graduation or when you're working towards these things. A period of completion can often lead to a phase in your life or a new beginning. The appearance of this angel number may also show that your angels are with you to guide you through this change. All right. Maybe it's because you don't have like one set plan for yourself. I was just going to say maybe I'm like constantly turning over a new leaf and it's constantly things are ending, but things are also always beginning for me. Yeah. You're always kind of in that phase of like switching things up or you're just, you're constantly like going towards your end goal, but the way that you get there just has to change multiple times because of how difficult it is to reach your end goal quite frankly. So I think there is also just, I want to do so many different things in my life that it's just, okay, I did this. I I did this. Now time for this. Now I did this. Now it's time to do that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. So that is my little tidbit on angel numbers. Angel numbers. So you can go and look up and find your own angel number and learn about it more about yourself. Yeah. Super fun. Yeah. And start looking out for numbers in your day-to-day life. All right. Now on to astrology. Time for astrology. Okay. So in like the past year or so, I've gotten a lot more into astrology. And I've, like, started to learn all the ins and outs and all the signs and planets and houses and all that stuff. But today I'm just going to do... Yeah, that's a whole other thing that we're not going to talk about today. But there's a whole slew of things that makes astrology a lot more complicated. And I think that's why a lot of people don't get more into it. So today we're just going to talk the basics of astrology. So... When we think of astrology, we think of our zodiac sign, which is what a lot of people already know about themselves. There are 12 different zodiac signs, and it correlates to the time that you were born or the day that you were born. And so the 12 zodiac signs correlate to 12 constellations as stars in the sky, right? And so those are Aries, which if you are born between around March 20th and April 20th, you're an Aries. And then Taurus, which is around April 21st to May 21st. Gemini, May 22nd to June 21st. Cancer, June 22nd to July 22nd. That's me and Caroline. Hey! Both Cancers. Leo, which is July 23rd to August 23rd. 
Virgo, August 24th to September 22nd. Libra, which is September 23rd to October 22nd. Scorpio, October 23rd to November 21st. Sagittarius, November 22nd to December 21st. Capricorn, December 22nd to January 20th. Aquarius, January 21st to February 19th. And Pisces, February 20th to March 20th. And so those are the 12 signs of the Zodiac. So these signs are called your sun sign. And so that has to do with what constellation the sun was moving through on the day that you were born. So when talking about astrology, the main aspects that affect your personality are what we call the big three. So the big three is your sun sign, your moon sign, and your rising sign. So while the sun changes after a period of 30-ish days, so roughly every month, even though it's in the middle of each month, your moon sign changes every couple of days, and your rising sign changes every two hours. Wow. So the placement, it goes through all 12 signs of the zodiac in a day for the rising signs. Okay. So what all of that means is that the placement of the zodiac signs in each of these aspects, the sun, moon, and rising, play into who you are and your personality. So what the sun sign means about your personality is that it's the core of who you are. It's the, the sun sign is the heart of your chart. Um, it's where the main source of energy comes from and everything else in your life and everything else in your chart kind of revolves around your sun sign. And your sun energy is really who you are down to the core, basically. And so Carolyn and I are both cancers. And so cancers, a lot of people tend to think of cancers as the overly emotional sign, which can be true, but that's not necessarily the right way of saying it. Um, really, the word associated with cancer is feel. It's to feel or feelings. It means that we have a lot of emotions, but it doesn't always like come out. We just feel our emotions very strongly, very deeply. Our emotions are the core of who we are. But a lot of times, cancers don't necessarily outwardly show those emotions. Um, we like to keep them close to our chest and guarded and only let those people that we really get to know into see our emotions. But we, we're very careful about who we let in. And when we find somebody that we do let in, that's going to be a strong friendship. It's going to be a strong relationship because we let those people see the innermost part of ourselves. We let them see the core of who we are. Would you agree, Caroline? Honestly, I think I let people in too easily. Okay. So I feel like I'm the opposite. Like I open myself up to getting hurt more often, or at least I used to. Like when I was growing up, I used to be like the most open. I mean, I'm still an open book. Like, I'll still tell people anything um, for the most part. But when I was younger, I was like, yeah, you can be in my life. Totally. But I think I just really, really wanted friends. Yeah. So I told, like, anyone who wanted to, who seemed interested, I would tell things to. And then I would end up getting hurt later on. So now I think I'm a little bit more selective. No, I'm definitely more selective now about the things that I tell people. But, yeah, I feel like growing up, I was the opposite. I really relate to not letting people in right away, though. Yeah, you're very closed off at first. Yeah. Yes. I can say for sure that it takes me a while to actually open up and let my emotions out to people. Until I can know that, until I know that I can fully trust you, I'm not going to tell you about any of my emotions. Rachel still doesn't tell me about her emotions. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's been a... That's how you know. 
All right, next up is our moon sign. And so uh, the sun sign is the core of who you are. It's the core of your personality, but your moon sign is your emotional self and like how you think emotionally and your relationship to your feelings. And it's like, it's really just who we are emotionally, basically. So you are a Libra moon, Caroline. And so Libras are known kind of as like, they like attention. Okay. That's, that's like the stereotype of a Libra, I feel like. That's like the stereotype is that they like attention, but I think it's more that they love, like to be loved and need to feel loved. That makes me feel better about being a Libra moon. Yes. (laughs) And so... I wouldn't say it as attention. That's kind of like just the stereotype that I I associate with Libras. But I feel like it's more having the need to feel loved. So your moon being in Libra, it says close bonds are everything to you. You find strength and stability in your relationship with others. Your need for balance and harmony means you are an excellent peacemaker, skilled at helping people to see and understand another's perspective. I'm studying psychology. Exactly. (laughs) Whoa. And I, would you agree that close bonds mean a lot to you? Yeah. And that you find strength and stability in your relationship with others? You know, that's true. Yeah. (laughs) So that's more about your Libra moon. So then my moon is in Gemini and Geminis are known to be it's the twins, it's like the twin sign, so it's known to kind of be a little two-faced or have a back and forth to it, kind of. It's very two-sided. Mm-hmm. And so my moon in Gemini says, self-expression is one of your driving forces with this mix. Talking, drawing, writing, you simply have to communicate your feelings, and you love to listen to other people's ideas, too. To feed your curious intellect, you've probably got a tower of books and magazines at your bedside. (laughs) Which is kind of true. (laughs) I just collect books and... Books. (laughs) I collect books because I like reading about different things. And a lot of them are nonfiction books because I just like to learn all these new and different topics. Like, I'm reading from a book on astrology right now. Yep. It's the truth. Because I I, I like books. Um, And it feeds my curiosity. And I I agree that the self-expression is a big thing for me. My co-star chart. Moon in Gemini means my emotional self is often restless and unsettled, which is also true. Uh, You're extremely adaptable, which sometimes makes you feel pulled in too many directions. You're easily bored and need to feel like you are free to be creative and create meaning, which can make you feel like you're in a constant identity crisis, <laughs> which is also true, which is why I'm always moving and doing and trying new things and taking other steps. And I'm never really in one place. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that. <laughs> that's my moon in Gemini. Okay, cool. Yes. And then, so for rising sign, your rising, or also known as your ascendant sign, it's kind of the mask that you portray to strangers. So it's how a lot of people see you when they first meet you, or how the first impression that you tend to give off when people meet you. Okay. And so your rising sign is Scorpio. Scorpios are known to be kind of intense. And I think that is definitely how somebody might perceive you when they first meet you is a little bit intense. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's how I perceived you when I first met you was a little intense. (laughs) But so this says you're always one step ahead of everyone else. Thanks to Scorpio's uncanny talent to guess what what's around the corner and your heightened emotional sensitivity. Not much catches you off guard. You are measured and cautious and like to think before taking action. Yes. 
Anyone who upsets you might well experience the double whammy of the scorpion sting and the crab's claw. Ouch. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But those you let into your friendship circle are loved and protected against all odds. All right. Cool. Yes. (laughs) So... Rising in Scorpio means you come across as passionate, incisive, cunning, strategic, and perceptive. And your intense and tenacious drive comes off as intimidating and powerful, if not malicious or aggressive. Interesting. So, that's just how some people might first see you. I've had a lot of people tell me when they first met me they were intimidated of me. And I guess it's because I'm really loud and out there. Yeah, (laughs) I think you just put um, yourself out there, so it might scare off some people. That's just because I know who I am. (laughs) I know who I am, and I know who I don't want in my life. And if you can't handle me, then you're out. Yeah, (laughs) so that's all about you. Yay! All about the basics of your birth chart. Um, my last one, my rising sign is Capricorn. So I'm a Capricorn rising. Um, and so Capricorns are known to be level headed and a little more serious. Okay. Yeah. So Capricorn rising, the strong worth ethic of Capricorn might sometimes make you too serious. It says, um, I wouldn't call you serious though. I I don't think I'm serious, but like, I was thinking like, if somebody first met me, would they think I was serious? This also says you stick to the rules, which helps you get things done super quickly, but can mean you're so focused on doing things right. You don't always consider other potentially more fun ways of reaching your goals. I also don't know if that's true, but I do follow the rules. I don't think that one describes you well. Like, I I, I like following the rules, but I don't let it, the rules, like, affect my whole life, if that makes sense. Like, you don't let the rules control you. Yeah, exactly. But if possible, like, you go along with the rules. Yeah. So the part that I do relate to the most is... That this says, in friendships, your even-tempered nature means that disagreements are few and far between. And that's the secret to your relationships. Yeah. Have you and I ever had an actual disagreement? No. We've Not never had a fight. In our argument. five, six years of friendship, we've never fought. We've disagreed on things. Yeah. But we've never had an argument. Yeah. And in most of my friendships and relationships, I don't really have arguments with people. Like, that's just not who I am. (laughs) That's just not who I am, is that I just, I I don't see a reason for it if you can talk something out. And maybe that's my seriousness. Maybe that's my... Even temper. Even temper. Is that I don't let my emotions get me worked up? I don't know. I'm not sure. But that's my chart, too. So it all kind of plays into each other. You can learn more. There's so much more to learn about astrology and your birth charts and all that fun stuff that it all, it's all kind of crazy how it plays in together. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest, I'm still not a full believer in astrology, And I know that pains you. It's okay. But even in angel numbers, like I'm not a full believer. I just think, I don't know. I don't really know what I think about it. I think it's a little. Hokey pokey voodoo magic. (laughs) I was going to say that. I really was. But um, that honestly might just be like the logistical scientific part of me talking. Yeah. You know, the research junkie. So I think that's where it's coming from. I do think it's really cool. And I mean, you know, I like knowing. But I don't fully, like, abide by it. And that's okay. You don't have to. I think for me, there's just 
the more, like I said, I've made like all of my friends download the app and friend me on it so I can see all of their birth charts. And it's kind of crazy how I will read something about someone and it's just so true to a T that I don't, like, I can't not believe it, if that makes sense. I don't know. It's like, I know some people have literally, like, based their whole friendships and relationships on it. And they're like, oh, I would never be friends with a a male Sagittarius. And I'm like, why? Like, what's the point? I don't base friendships off of it like that's not like I'm gonna be friends with somebody for like who I'm friends with but it's kind of interesting to see how some patterns have definitely arisen from who I'm friends with anyway shall we get into the wine I think we shall we talked a lot we did so so back I'll read the back of my wine bottle first okay so to remind everyone, this is the Penelonco Merlot Malbec. And I just realized on the back of it, it has their percentages. So it is 70% oh. Merlot and 30% Malbec. All right. Cool. So it says, this smooth red combines the ripe fruit flavors of Merlot with the rich blackberry notes of Malbec to give an intensely fruit, fruity, soft, full flavored wine. Delicious on its own, this wine is the perfect partner for roast lamb, steak, barbecued meats, or with cheese. So I'd say that this is kind of, it has a bitey kind of effect to it. Like when you okay. sip it, it just kind of... Would you say it's acidic? Yeah, I would definitely say it's more acidic than, like, sweet. It's not sweet by any means. Yeah. I I think the bitiness is coming from the acidity. Um, I mean, after reading, like, Blackberry and the fruit, I I can't pick that up. I don't know. But it's not bad. I mean, it definitely gives me that, like, tongue, that, like, dry tongue. Okay. Yeah, it gives me that dry tongue. So, like, So it's more dry, more acidic. Yeah. I don't know. Not my favorite. I think I would give it maybe a two and a half or a three just because it does really dry out my tongue and I don't really like how that feels. Like the flavor is fine. There's nothing wrong with the flavor, but if it like if it didn't do that to my tongue, I would like this wine better. Okay. But I think for someone who like isn't super affected by that like the dry tongue thing or like doesn't mind it as much that like would really me. like this one. Yeah. Like I feel like you would really like this wine. All right. So I'm going to, I'll give it a 2.75. Okay. 2.75. Got it. What about you? All right. So I am drinking the storyteller Merlot. And so I, I'll read the back for you says, once upon a dream, an auspicious beginning for this Sonoma County Merlot. Aromas of concentrated cherry fruit and cunning flavors of red raspberry and warm spices captivate the palate and tease the mind with a long and never-ending finish. So I would say that this one, it's very slight in acidity. It doesn't have that that bite that I think you would be talking about. Um, it has, it's like a tiny little bit, but it's not like super acidic. I do taste the cherry that they were talking about. Uh, uh, it's definitely dry, which obviously I like. So, okay. I get the, I get the cherry, but I also want to say I kind of also taste like the cherry pit Hmm. so you know how like when you eat a cherry and you're like you obviously eat all the fruit around the pit but the pit is still in your mouth and you kind of like taste that a little bit okay it's kind of like that taste but it might be the the warm spices that they're talking about kind of gives me that flavor 
I'm trying to see if I can pick out any spices, but I'm still a little congested, so I I'm not getting anything in particular. But I do like it. Um, Merlots aren't usually my favorite wines, but this one is pretty good for a Merlot, in my opinion. Um, it's definitely very cherry forward, I would say. But I do like it. I would give it probably a 3.5 3 out of 5. Okay. Because it's not quite 2 of 4. It's not like one really good one. But it was good. I'd drink it again. I'd probably choose something else before it. But I liked it. Okay. All right. Yeah. So these weren't our favorite wines that we've had on the podcast so far. Mm -mm. But... They weren't terrible. No. I do like this, though. I, I did think it was good. So this week we didn't talk the most about wine. We kind of just talked about what wines we were drinking. But next week we are going to talk a whole lot more about wine, different kinds of wine, have a specific wine that we're drinking, obviously, and... Mm -hmm. Maybe some pairings, and you'll have to wait and see about the rest. Yeah, we also yeah. haven't even decided yet, so. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll have to see about the rest. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, well, with that, I think we have wrapped up episode five. Five. We're already in episode five. I know. Wild. Kind of crazy. But all good things, all good things. You know it. So. Well. To finish off. Now Rachel and I are going to go gossip. Yes. We're, I'm going to pour myself another glass of wine. And... To finish off this episode, we want to ask you all to follow us on social media, Instagram, TikTok, and the app Vivino, all at Vibin' with Vino. Do you want to tell them your CoStar username? Oh, yes. If you want to follow, friend me on CoStar, I will happily accept you. My name is Rachel, G-A-Y-L, Gail, because it's the first part of my last name. Um, if you care... If you friend Caroline on CoStar, she probably Which I don't not have it downloaded it. on my app. Don't 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 friend me. I don't have it on my phone. I don't look at it. Don't friend me. Friend Rachel. I won't even tell you because don't promote she doesn't me. have it. But you can Just friend follow me. us on Instagram. Just follow us on Instagram. Instead of following me it's... on CoStar, follow us on Instagram. Yeah. And share so. the podcast with your friends. And share the podcast with your friends. On that note, I'm Rachel. I'm Caroline. And thanks for listening. We'll see we'll you. Talk we'll with talk you to you next, next week. Yeah. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> see ya. Bye. Adios. Peace out. Aloha. Au revoir. All of the things. A bientôt. Bye.